This episode of the Rick Gates Show is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. Remember, no one feels more like a hero than mom or dad coming home with Happy Meals. As a kid growing up in Washington Heights, every Saturday, my mother would take me to our local McDonald's on 181st Street, and she would purchase me my favorite meal, the Big Mac meal. It was some of my fondest memories of my neighborhood and my family. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Feel that now? I feel like Rocky in this one, baby. Let's go. Alright, check it. Uh. Blast from the past, back from the future. So if I put the trigger in the past, there's no you and your future. I'm still hustling, still hugging the block. The referee to the shit, I'm still calling them shots. I can't be stopped. That's what I told you, I'm living my life like a box of Crayolas I'm cutting up white, smoking that green Purple color pens, I'm still making this cream I'm so sick, uh, check my throat quick My wrist light up a room like a handful of glow sticks I'm like spoiled milk, the kid's gone bad Then it's the menace, my pen touches the pad uh, Niggas is mad, but the ladies is glad Yo, they rubbing up against me like this nigga is rad Fucking two divas, drinking on sangria I got the beam of the colors, diarrhea uh, Tie your strings to my feet cause I'm so fly Hopped out the Delores and it's Artie McFly Wow, the longest intro in the history of all shows has to be ours <laughs> Welcome to the Rick A Show. Jazz is here, and Lizbel Ortiz is here, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. Um, there's some people writing comments right now, and I'm a little upset because I can't see the Jazz. Can you see them on your end? Um, yeah, I got eyeballs from Irisbel Ortiz. Okay. And I got an A from Eve Eve. <laughs> yeah, I can see okay. that from my side too. So I'm the only person that can't see the comments. That's great. So, um, Jazz, you rights. Let, we deserve this. <laughs> let me know um, if something comes up. Welcome to the know. show. Uh, it's been a minute and we're finally here. Lizbell's here. Um, she's looking fabulous as ever now. Thank everything you so is, much. You know, everything is working. So let's start off with who is Lizbel Ortiz? And, and let's introduce you to the audience. Um, and, you know. Um, Lizbel Ortiz. I would say Lizbel Ortiz. To sum it up, just so you're not una campesina New Yorkina. Mm-hmm. I am a perfect <laughs> mixture of two, two worlds that just weren't meant to, like, combine. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm an author, I'm a writer, I'm a poet. I I like to think of myself as just a creative individual. I don't like to box myself in too much into a category. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I'm just, I'm a woman with a message. That's it. That's all I am. I'm just a strong woman with a message. And what is that message um, particularly? Um, We're going to get into, there's some dope content that you put out that if you're not in tune with that third eye, 
you're not going to understand what the fuck is going on. So what is that message for our audience? <clears throat> um, well, to sum because I have so many, but to sum mm. it up, I would honestly say to move my people forward. Mm-hmm. That's the, to, to sum it up, that would be it. Mm-hmm. I just want to be of help and of advancement to my community. Yeah. So recently you, it was Father's Day. You posted a very lovely message about your father. Um, where did that idea, because Father's Day was coming up, yes, you want to do something. But what sparked the video to be the way it was, narrated the way it was? And your writing is exceptional. We're going to talk about that, too. Um, what sparked that video for you? Um, that video sparked actually uh, probably two years ago. I got the idea. Okay. Um, I had sat down with my father and we were having a conversation and he told me about something that he had went through when he was a child. Um, basically, he was maybe like two years old. His aunt was smoking a, something where they used to burn like a piece of wood. Honestly, I don't remember the name of it. But he said that Pavilo? as he was like, a- by her, the piece of wood fell on him. It fell okay. on his leg and it burned through his skin. And he said that that was like one of his earliest memories. And he just went outside and he bit his lips so that he wouldn't have to cry. And it was because he didn't want to get in trouble. He didn't want to uh, tell his mom that he had gotten hurt and have her not worry about that. So what he did is as a little kid, he went outside, he bit his lip and put all of that pain into that lip. And he still has that mark to this day. And that's something that he just he just randomly shared with me on that day. And that was probably the first time I looked at my dad and I was like, Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. this man has been through things I do not know about. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I would say that conversation is what sparked it. And let me ask you something. At that moment in time, you I know you're because you're thinking and wheels are turning constantly. Um, vulnerability as a man and. And the machismo thing that in our culture is, is very big. You mentioned he didn't want to show weakness. He didn't want to cry in front of his mother. Did you take that opportunity to make it a teachable moment for your dad and let him know, you know, it's okay to um, release? Or, or do you think that's something he would have welcomed in this day and age and at his age? Well, honestly, I think that my healing journey is has kind of like softened his Like he's gone through his journey while I've gone through mine because my parents are so much a part of my life. And I do, I do try to be honest with them Mm. to an absolute extent in that level. So I think that he kind of eased into it. He knew with me, he had a safe space. I've created that. He knows Mm. that with me, he can talk to me about anything. And he has like throughout the last years, throughout, I would say the last 10 years, he has become way more vulnerable and way more open and honest about the things that he's gone through. And I think that that comes with time and patience because mm-hmm. if 10 years ago, I wouldn't have been able to understand that. I would have used it against him as a, as a teenager. Mm-hmm. Now as a woman, I'm going through my own shit. I'm like, okay, I, I can relate. I can empathize and I can understand mm-hmm. now. So mm-hmm. you, you and Andy also shared a, a video, um, where you surprised your dad because he's a huge baseball fan. And I think you guys took him out to Orioles Park. And uh, you 
kind of told him you were doing an event, but he didn't know what it was like. And and you shared a moment where you, you, you see some joy coming into him and all that stuff. Like, what was that feeling like? Now that you and your brother, you guys could do things like that for your family members. And your families, you're all involved in everything that you do, which is so dope. I mean, your mom is amazing. But you, you're sharing little bits and pieces about, of your dad now. Um, what was that like for you guys? The best way that I can explain that is mm -hmm. to say that it was a gift. Mm -hmm. Like that moment to me was such a gift to, 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 to my entire life. Like I remember that for the rest of my life. Um, you know how it is like with our parents, for them to have fun, it's unheard of. Mm -hmm. has to oh be my God, for real. For them to be able to have fun, yeah. it's like, I know, but it's so, and then let something bad happen and fun is off for the next 10 years. Mm. So with, with, with my dad, it's always been like that. It's always been like a set schedule of work, 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 work. And we got to a place now where they were able to, 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 to just invite him out, but it wasn't even necessarily about where we went. It mm. was just about seeing him happy. Mm -hmm. Something so small of seeing him like crack up, you know, like what, when was the last time you saw your parents really like belly laugh mm -hmm. and not yeah. be able to breathe from laughing like that I feel like is the the greatest gift. And so that thought, like, like, honestly, that is I, I don't need more than that to see mm -hmm. to be able to see yeah. my family like that. That's es un regalo. And Andy spoke about your mother and her reluctancy at first to do the videos and all that stuff. How does your dad feel about, you know, the messages that you and your brother put out? Like, because um, you guys don't, he, he's not really mentioned that much and your mom's part of the videos. But how does he feel about it? Was he drawn back? Was it something that he's like full supportive about it? Like, uh, it must be an interesting perspective. Like, he's just chilling with his son and all of a sudden people want to take pictures with his son. And it must seem weird to him, specifically being from our culture. Yeah, no, for sure. I feel like at the beginning, there was some pushback, mostly because mm -hmm. my dad is muy serio, you know, very, muy, demasiado serio, very conservative. Like, mm -hmm. he's just very, he, he's, he, he's like, he tiptoes around people that he doesn't know. Mm -hmm. He's just very, like, he's like militant. And growing up, he's always been like that our entire life. Siempre mm -hmm. ha sido así. He's one of those super, super strict fathers. And it was like, tu nunca puedes un relajo. That's how my dad was. Like, you could never be a clown. Mm -hmm. And at the beginning, you know, he, he, he was just not, he would like the videos. He wasn't against it, but he sometimes he'll be, he'll be like, like, <laughs> <"Tú está pasando. laughs> like, at the beginning, it was a lot of backlash from, the entire church, first of all, yes. had a whole group chat against my mother. Her entire family, everybody was like, oh, no, tú te estás poniendo demasiado malcriada. So that was kind of the instant reaction. But at the end of the day, my father knows who we are. Yes. He knows for sure, like, the comedian that Andy's always been. He knows how mm -hmm. I've been, you know. So yeah. it's not too much of a surprise. Now he's just incredibly proud because... Yeah. He gets to, to meet people who, you know, who enjoy some of our stuff and tell him how we've impacted them. And that is, you know, El Siempre. He's always like, yo, I just met some of you guys' fans. I love you guys. I'm so proud of you. Because mm -hmm. son cosa buena, you know. As long as there's good things being told, he's okay. Mm -hmm. 
Now I want to play a piece. Uh, I want to I want to get your thoughts on what your parents thought about this piece. This is something you did. Uh, I think it was last year for um, Hispanic Heritage Month. So I'm gonna play this piece, and then I want your reaction and how your family okay. felt about it. The joy you feel seeing your story told is almost as powerful as the sense of pride you get seeing a familiar face tell it. Witnessing the reflection of our excellence on screen reminded us of our own personal brilliance, our aspirations feeling familiar because people who look like us have been there before. Seeing yourself represented accurately can be medicine for self-doubt. I suddenly was this thing I've never had. Our ancestors rejoice at how far we have come. While our kids learn firsthand that we are not seat fillers or blurred faces lost in the background of someone else's story. You wanna see something cool? The result of having our identities celebrated instead of asked to unpack is that we do not need to become bite-sized versions of ourselves to be deserving. I wanna be my own boss, so I'm starting my own business. That it can take you longer to become the best version of yourself if you were taught to become the closest version of somebody else. When you tell your truth and take up space, you unknowingly pour into your community. So I hope you learn to walk as if you make the world move, because you do. Wow. That was so powerful. <laughs> you wrote that whole piece, right? That was... Yeah. We have a comment here from, I might be messing up this thing. There's 14 of them. Carabajal that says they just love how Liz words things so beautifully. And I have to Thank agree. you so much. Representation. I, I just brought back a bunch of memories with that one. That so, was that, honestly representation is, is, is so is so important. What made you what, what made you want to make that? Exactly. Uh, where where did that come about? How how did was it something that was written before previously? No. Um actually so one of my friends, Natalie, shout out to Natalie. Mm -hmm. She um had posted something about somebody looking for a poet. And I got tagged in it like maybe three times. And I was like, you know what? I'm in a yes kind of mood. Like I, I don't usually do stuff like that, but I was like, mm -hmm. let me just try, you know, like What's the worst thing that can happen? They're just going to say no, but fuck it, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember she was like, oh, my God, I'm so glad that you hit me up because you were the person that I had in mind. And Look yeah, at that. Really? Yes. Mind. I'm going to send it over um, and let's see what we can do. So she sent over a few of my old um, older poems. And I think she hit me back maybe two days later. And she was like, yo, you're, uh, it's, it's yours. Like, it's. And then she let me know what was what was gonna go on. We had a meeting, and all of this happened in like a span of maybe five days because she needed it done quickly, and I was also going to the yard. And yeah. we shot that video and we recorded the poem the day before my flight, the the night right wow. before my flight. But Look I remember her telling me that that I got it. Um, and I actually have the reaction video up on my TikTok where I told Andy, I told my sister, I told my mom, everybody cried. Like everybody that I told a part of from my family, they all teared up and they cried. Mm. And it wasn't until we saw it in the finale, like once we saw that all of the, the movies and the shows had been added, I like, we could not believe, I specifically could not believe it, but everybody else was like, yo, this is nuts. 
Mm-hmm. It was so good. I'm like over here cheesing as you tell the story. I'm gonna have to go look at that. Look at that reaction video. I'm gonna send it to you guys. Yes. So my whole thing is when I saw it, I was just like floored. First of all, um, and then the words and the way the montage was put together was 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 beautiful. It was perfect. Mm-hmm. What, what was your mother's reaction to the whole like? I know she must have got super emotional. <laughs> uh, did you have to translate the the, 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 the what you were saying, your words to yes. her? Yes. Any, anything oh. that I do in English, I always have to translate for my mom. Mm-hmm. But um, she, first of all, her just seeing me in front of the camera with like the flowers in the back. Mm-hmm. With she that, she was like, I, I, you, I, you, I, She you, was I, crying you, instantly. Like, she was like, that's she, it, my baby's like, on like, TV. No, 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 no. <laughs> she could not, like, she was like, what is this? And then she saw it in full. She doesn't, like, as she's watching it, she doesn't understand exactly what's being said. She just hears my voice, and yeah. she sees all of these, like, movies and shows. And my mom, I, when I tell you my mom, she never stops telling me how proud she is of me. Like, mm. especially with, with that specific poem, like, I remember my sister cried. My, my, my. We found out when we were in the in the Dominican Republic. Like he mm-hmm. sent me the first the first draft. Um, we were in the Dominican Republic at like a little restaurant that's right over the water. Mm-hmm. And when he sent it to me, I got so nervous. Like my blood pressure shot. <laughs> I got so nervous because I saw it, and it was the first time I saw myself in like a professional. And mm-hmm. it, it, it was like. It was like a seven-year-old me looking at the me that I imagined myself to be. You pleased your like inner child. Experience. Would you mm-hmm. say I'm sorry? You pleased your inner child. Yeah, she like, was, it was hyped. One of those moments. <laughs> and I had to literally, I couldn't even watch it. I had to pause it. I paused it and I started running around. I was like, no, 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 no. Like I'm not, I'm not ready. Yeah, I'm not ready. And then I guess Andy had seen my reaction. He's like, what happened? And I was like, they just sent it to me. Uh-huh. So I put it on and we all watched it together. It was me, my brother, my cousin, his girlfriend, and another one of my cousins. And I played it, we saw it, and we all literally just started crying. Like everybody started crying, everybody just started hugging me. It was it was a beautiful experience. <clears throat> you guys are a very close knit tight family. And I think that that's part of the reason why the audience connects with you guys a lot. Um, I've said this before, everybody thinks your mother is their mother, right? Yeah. When I did the <laughs> when I did the event at um at Uptown, the owner of the of the spot, he was like, "Yo, it's cool, Riddell's coming, but is his mother coming?" And I was like, "I'm not sure, but I know Lizbo's coming with him. I'm not sure if his mom's gonna come." Um, and when your mom showed up, he's like, "Yo, I need a picture with that lady. I need a picture with the Donya. I need a picture with the Donya." Um, how does that feel to you guys that people, first of all, that's your mom. I know you'd be like, yo, chill, that's my mom, all right? <laughs> nah, actually, I'm open to that. I like, uh, well, my mom loves, we call it, well, I call them her internet kids. Yeah. Which is just like, people, you know, who, who saw them. <laughs> and I tell you, mommy fucking, more than anything, mommy loves her internet kids. Mm-hmm. She loves meeting people and, and seeing fans and being able mm-hmm. to talk and sit and take pictures and things. Mm-hmm. That's her favorite thing. And honestly, I think it's an honor to be like her bodyguard. I don't mind being a, because listen to me, as cool as y'all think my mom is, she's so much cooler than that. She's so much more cooler than that. 
So yeah. I feel like mm-hmm. she she deserves that love, and I love uh-huh. that people love her that much because she she honestly she she's done so much for us, and she deserves to have that reciprocated, you know. Well, she's getting that and more. So now I want to talk about you take some hard stances on certain certain things. And I love it. I love it. 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 Um, Academics came out with some foolishness recently. And you took you don't really name drop people. and You don't really talk. You talk about men as as a whole and not all men, because let's be honest, not all men. But you talk about women and representation and everything. He pulled out some foolishness recently that you felt you had to write something to. Um, I'm not a fan of this dude at all. What I, made you? Who is? <laughs> who is? I, I'm still trying to wonder how him, Fresh and Fit, and the other guys, I, I guess people love negativity and shit like that. What made I think people you... just want to pick what's going to stir the pot. But... No, but these dudes... Uh, there's one thing of saying something if if you have conviction and you believe in it. I think these dudes just say shit just to say shit. Yeah. What made you shut his whole shit down? Well, honestly, because first of all, fuck him. Um, I hate yeah. him. I'm always. I, I'm. A, I'm always. Damn. Throw the, throw the claps on. Throw the claps on. <laughs> I hate his face. I hate his content. I hate his little stubby fucking fingers. Everything about him just makes me sick. Um, but honestly, my, my issue wasn't specifically with academics. Mm-hmm. I always make this point to say that whenever mm-hmm. I use like a celebrity or somebody or a situation to talk yeah. about a topic, yes, I am talking about that person, but I'm mm-hmm. also trying to point to the bigger picture because we, academics is wrong, of course. He's predatory behavior and terrible and, and, person, yeah. but that behavior is so common. It's not, I'm not only just talking about academics, the reason mm-hmm. I'm speaking on the platform on my platform is so that people can see like oh shit i, I one of my boys is like this mm-hmm. he be saying stuff like this damn is he a little weird i just noticed he only dates 17 and 18 year olds damn mm-hmm. now you putting together pieces it's more so about you in your personal life but i'm using a bigger picture to mm-hmm. relay that message mm-hmm. right so in our country in the dominican republic it, it's something that's very common uh, you will see an older man um, in his 30s or whatever, and he's usually dating a younger chick. And that that's something that always, to me, struck me as something that's wrong. And that's not just in the Dominican Republic. Let me apologize. It, it also happens in Puerto Rico. It happens in Cuba. Happens it in happens Nevada. right here in America. It happens yeah. everywhere. Trust me. It happens <laughs> everywhere. But it's, it's like glorified. It's in, 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 the, in the Caribbean, it's like glorified. Um, mm-hmm. It's something that I always took an issue with. Um, some of these men have daughters the same age as the women that they're dating. And at what point is age doesn't have a number and predatory behavior? Where Where is where's that thin line? Because that's a very, very thin line. Yeah. Honestly, I don't think it's too much of a thin line. I think when you have two consenting adults, that's the line. Mm-hmm. The line is when it's two consenting adults. Okay. Did the he comment about something? Have an adult with a child, and you think, well, these people think that a child, just because a child says, yes, I do want it, that's them consenting. Mm-hmm. Not knowing that they still have the mind body of a child. That's that's my that's my problem mm-hmm. with it. The fact that you target specific children, you and it's, and it's big in the Caribbean because mm-hmm. they know that the laws out there are way looser than they are out here. Mm-hmm. What age was he talking about? So he, I think he said, if a girl is in college, 
she he's she's open game. That's not what he said. I'm cleaning it up. But if she's 17, uh, sometimes you could be even 16, depending on how, yeah, how smart said, you are. Yeah, in college, you a genius. I, you go. <laughs> yeah, so basically, mm-hmm. if you're 17 in college, and I think he's 30-something. He's like 35 or whatever. That if you're in college, you're able to, he's going to have sex with you. In his mind, he's able to have sex with you. So um, that's I think that's this what, is a fantasy opportunity. I don't I don't see this happening in real life. I mean, I don't, but, I don't see this for him in real life. So in the day and age we live in, people are so obsessed with social media, and mm-hmm. he does have you know notoriety, and he is you know somewhat of a fake celebrity. I don't know why, but people like apparently people like watching him play video games, which is okay. something I just, I still don't understand the whole streaming video game thing so he can do like a college thing live and there's gonna be some young girls that are gonna be like oh my god academics um and he's the adult he's the one that could be like no it's cool you know it's all a gimmick whatever so that's that's where that's very predatory so if the girl's 18 and the man is 50 is that you know that you know damn well that it's still just because she's of legal age doesn't mean that she's grown. Yeah, uh-huh. I think I think there's so that's what I meant. Wrong. Like you know, mm-hmm. in New York, if you're 17 in a day, you're legal, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. but that's the thing. Like that, that itself is predatory. Like there are yeah. so many men who simply wait for a girl to turn 18. Like there was a fucking Millie Brown, uh, Millie, um, uh, the little girl from Stranger Things. There was a countdown for when she turned 18. Where there was Whoa. just a website where dudes were just waiting for her to turn 18. Oh my goodness. So it's like there are a lot of people who do that. That itself is predatory. Like if yeah. you find somebody who, who is older in age and you naturally fall in love, that's mm-hmm. okay. But let's be very fucking clear. That's that's very hardly the the issue. Like that's very hardly ever happening. It's always mm-hmm. a grown man trying to take advantage of a young impressionable girl and trying to mold her into this kind of person that he wants. It's never just, oh, look, I found this young woman. She's amazing. I love her. She loves me. No, mm-hmm. it's, she's young. She's impressionable. She knows I got a car. If I could pick her up, she's going to be happy with that. If mm-hmm. I could give her $40 yep. for her phone bill, she's going to be happy with that. I don't have to do too much. Mm-hmm. I can manipulate her mind because in her, she's still a child. When yep. I was 17, I thought I knew everything. You couldn't tell me shit. <laughs> if I could go back, I would back. shit out of me. If I could go back right now at my age, so who I was at 17, the DK know-it-all, uh-huh. I would slap the dog shit out of her, for real. Facts. I'm with you. I'm with I, you on that. I think a lot of us would go back and... It's just like, what is like, that we know everything? Like, where does that come from? What is the arrogance? I it goes no to clue. show that you make, you don't make the best decisions when you're young. Like, I have what? so many women friends who say... Now I'm 35, I'm 30 years old. And I remember when I was getting picked up by this dude, I was 16, I was 15. Oh, Mm -hmm. this dude tried to talk to me and I was only 13. Like, that's when you start remembering, you're just like, wait, that was not okay. But at that Mm -hmm. age, you thought it was cool because Mm -hmm. these older guys are hitting on Mm -hmm. you. But when you grow up, you're like, wait, that's fucking disgusting. Mm -hmm. I'm predatory. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mentioned, who was it that I mentioned right now? Oh, Tyga. Tyga mm-hmm. was <laughs> hanging around Kylie and waiting till she she was of age. Mm-hmm. 
Well, let's go on to something a lot more uh, interesting, which is your book. Yes. What inspired you to write? Uh, let's talk about it. Tell us about uh, it. Tell us about what it. What is the book about? And I know Jazz is going to ask you when's the audiobook coming out? Because when's the audiobook coming out? Because she listens. To I know. Mr. We like to listen as we as we on the go. <laughs> Um, okay, so let's talk about it for La Buena La Mala. That is basically a summary. Uh, every chapter is a different topic, but mm -hmm. it's all about topics and things that go on in our Caribbean communities and things that we were taught to cover up, to keep in between four walls or mm -hmm. to not talk about. Everything that was taboo, whether it be you questioning religion, you stepping mm -hmm. out on faith, whether you... Um, uh experimenting with your sexuality whether mm -hmm. it be tattoos whether it be anything that you want to do american wise or maybe something that happened to you you know we're always taught lo, lo que pasa en la casa se queda aquí. you don't mm -hmm. you know whatever happens here stays between these four walls mm -hmm. and that's what has caused so much of the pain that so that so many of us go through and our parents went through and our grandparents went through and so on and so on so the so so the because the video the book, book is basically a summary about that it's about a bunch of things that we were not allowed to talk about but we're gonna fucking talk about what's Ooh. your what's what's one one taboo thing or one subject you wanted to get off your chest urgently like that you were super passionate about in the book like i'm gonna go in on this one because this is something i'm i really want to talk about um, honestly, the, 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 the one that really, really fucks with me the most is sex tourism, which is when I talk about the mistreatment about, um, young kids in the Dominican Republic, in the Dominican Republic. Mm -hmm. And it's basically about how these people come from the U S all over, all over the world, travel to the Dominican Republic to specifically target young, impressionable girls and boys who have been sexually assaulted and they prey on them. And we know that because there are even some people from over here that do that shit. Like mm -hmm. there are Dominicans from New York who go to DR and exploit Just, young girls yep. for wow. sexual pleasures. So I would say that's the main topic that I wanted to discuss because I feel like that is the, I feel like I just feel like little girls are not protected. I feel like we yeah. we blame them so much for things yeah. that adults should be taking accountability for. So Absolutely. I would say that's my that's my strongest subject. Like, mm. I don't think women are protected in, in like general? anywhere. Like I can't I can't I, I remember sitting down and granted my knowledge of geography is small, but I was like I can't name a country where like women are truly protected, like not whatever whether it's slut shaming or blaming for anything just i i can't name one and you don't think the u.s has so uh, i mean not the best but where how can i say this the the best opportunities are in this country for women but then no. at the same time it's not because no woman has held the highest seat in the land i mean look at brett kavanaugh he's a predator and he's on the supreme court and just the fact that so many women could come forward and no one, like, like no one batted an eye and, like, he still mm. got that seat is insane. And there are so many men in positions of power that have abused women. And it's just, it's just looked, it's looked away. People forget about it. I mean, look at, look at the Epstein files, completely sealed. 
you know how many politicians are in those Epstein files and it's been sealed? A lot. Like women are not protected and predators are. And no, I don't, I can't, I can't name any country where women are genuinely protected. Mm. So Lisbeth had like hit the nail on the head with that one. Wow. I'm I'm actually going through my head like countries where women's been president and all that. And, and I don't I, I, one. I took maybe a class in Europe. Once. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe there's one in Europe. I mean there, there's some women um leaders in places in the world. Um, but as far as like protection, I mean I took this class once and it was like there are some tribes in the world that have like truly egalitarian societies where like women are equal to men, but mm-hmm. that's like they're, they're tribes, like like these big countries is just non-existent. So, Lisbeth, it's interesting you bring up this topic and religion. Mm-hmm. You mentioned religion. We did a whole uh, episode on religion, which wasn't well received. And in one of the, <laughs> of course not. <laughs> It's one because the, people identify with it. I, I, I suspected this. One of the uh, one of the points I brought up is you look at all the major religions in the world, and women aren't really, you know, Muslim women aren't viewed as as. I don't want to say you know they're viewed wrong, but their role is is a specific role. It's the same role as women in the in the in the Jewish culture. It's the same role as women in Catholic Church. You know, uh, why are women viewed like that? Like general? like a second class. Yeah. So I brought that up, and it's in religion. It's 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 no more so than any other organization in religions. It's it's like heightened to the tenth power. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, you're viewed as property in some religions. So why do you think that is? And how can we break some of these? I, I mean, it's not gonna it's not gonna happen overnight. It might happen over generations. But how, how, what's the first step? You. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be very honest with you. Misogyny is everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's everywhere. It's in church. Mm-hmm. It's in fucking school. Mm-hmm. Like government. It's literally everywhere and especially Mm -hmm. in a place where men are considered the most dominant in that field which Mm -hmm. in church is oh you have to be a leader you know you have to be a leader in that sense you have to be pure deacon Mm -hmm. and you have to it's like certain qualifications that they don't think that a woman can fulfill so Mm -hmm. i think that it seeps into everything and Unfortunately, religion for the most no religion in general has been used against us. I was going to say for the most part, but it has. It's been used against us. It's been used yeah. to divide us, and it's been used to to make people feel superior than others. You know, whether mm-hmm. it be you feeling like you should be stepping on all the women that you know because you know the Bible says the man is this, mm-hmm. or whether it be that you uh, think of a of a gay person as less than you because. Oh, it says this in the Bible, you know, they use this Bible as like a personal, as a personal weapon. It's just like, I'm going to use whatever fits me to fit me and Mm -hmm. whatever doesn't, I'm just going to ignore it. You know, whatever I could fit into my life that makes sense, I will. And lo malo, I'm just going to blame it on you. It's something that makes others feel good about themselves. So two more things we got out of it, because, you know, I was baptized Catholic. I'm pretty sure you were too, Lizbell. Same. We talk about it right now. Being gay, lesbian, LGBTQ, right? Um, it's it, it seems like it's not accepted by the church, right? But we look at the Ten Commandments, and 
number one is uh, not to take the Lord's name in vain, right? And thou shalt not kill is number five. So uh, my point is, why wasn't that in the commandments if it's so frowned upon in the church and if it's so looked down upon? Because I think there's there's sex between two men in the Bible. Now, I don't want to say some crazy shit right now, and I have to look it up, but there is either that or two women in the Bible. I have to find the chapter and the verse. I'll put it up, I swear to God. I know what you're talking about. <clears throat> why is it seen like, why can't just people be who they are in religion? So funny, funny, it's funny you mentioned that. So there is a word in the Bible that before it was translated to English was from a, a language that was almost extinct at that time. Mm-hmm. And the word that they translated is boy, but at, when they actually, wait, 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 the, the, let the, I forgot the, how do I say this? So they translated a specific word and in English it's a boy, but in that native language, it was actually um it was it was child and they translated that into man so instead of it being i know the verse that you're talking about where they said um a man should never lay with another man yeah it it says something about it being like the biggest sin that actual the what they're actually talking about is a man laying with a boy it was in the sense of a grown adult Mm -hmm. laying with a child so that's why i always say that the hate that catholics have for gay people should be redirected to homophobes. Like it should be redirected mm. to people. I'm not, I'm sorry. It should be redirected to people who are pedophiles, Pedophilia. which is so like prevalent, especially in the Catholic community, especially mm-hmm. in the Catholic church. Mm-hmm. Now, again, Absolutely. let me just say this. We're not condemning any religion. I'm just stating things that have happened and what their books say and <laughs> And read. Se fue la luz. Se fue la luz. <laughs> Dame un momento. So that that's that's all I'm saying here, you know, because we did the episode and we lost some viewers and subscribers. But moving forward, I'm gonna give us a quick break, 60 seconds, and we'll be back with Liz Bell. If you guys have some questions, you can leave it in the comments. Jazz is gonna read them because unfortunately, I can't even look at our comments. And I got two fun games to play with Lisbo when we come right back. Oh. You do it all without breaking a sweat. Like being a boss exec to Tuesday tennis to homework. Why do the kids have so much homework? Family dinners, lunches, brunches, trips to the vet, and a weekend getaway that's anything but a getaway. And you do it all in style. Even when you have back-to-back conference calls on top of the kids' orchestra recitals, not to mention your side hustle. And that's why we created the fully reimagined Infiniti QX60. A luxury SUV as functional as it is stylish and as versatile as it is serene. With premium features like a panoramic moonroof, ample cargo space, and available massaging front seats to bring the ease of luxury to your everyday. Introducing the all-new Infiniti QX60, designed to help you take on life and all the chaos it may come with in style. Learn more at infinityusa.com. Now with extremely limited availability, contact your local retailer for inventory information. Yes. Yes. Because we... Okay, I was trying to watch the video to get the Bible first. 
<laughs> Jazz, do we have some questions before we continue? We there's have people who are supporting. No questions there. Yet. Oh, okay. There's thirty something. Everyone's like, right? There. Yeah, let's talk about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bingo. So let me ask you something. You're a huge Beyonce and Bad Bunny fan. You, hey. you, you, it's well documented um, that Andy surprised you with that whole experience. Um, how does that feel that your brother's able to do things like that? And he, he he doesn't think like yo. Let me put this. No, I'm taking Liz Bell. I'm taking my cousin Elvin. I'm gonna go. Mom is coming. Like, what was that experience like for you? It's awesome, man. Honestly, I think it's I think it's beautiful because he always thinks of his of his family first. You know, mm -hmm. like for him, it's not even a second thought. Like he's always like, oh, mommy didn't get Like yeah, he just wants us, you know, to have a good time. And to him, it really does it really does make him happy to see other people happy. It's mm, right. like, it's the weirdest thing ever. Andy is the kind of person that will go watch a movie 14 different times with 14 different people. So he could see 14 different reactions. <laughs> like he's, he's that kind of person. So him seeing my mom have a good time or him seeing my sister have a good time mm. or me have a good time. That's what fulfills him with joy. Like him for him, money is, is like frivolous. It's bullshit. Yeah. To him, like real experiences is 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 important, you know. So look at look at look at. But the experience itself was fucking amazing. Like mm. it, it, I, I know he captured it when he, he surprised you with it. <laughs> I think he. I got a it. question. Does Lizbeth have, have a boyfriend? Does oh shit? Does we Liz got it. Have a boyfriend. Mm. No, I do not have a boyfriend. I do have a documentary coming out, though. That's what I do have. Hey, that's hey. what we're here to talk about. Once I'm really? done with that, maybe, you know, maybe I'll, I'll get it. Yeah. Done she got, okay, got wait. Really? Time wait, out. Wait, wait. Forget the boyfriend shit. Tell us about the documentary. Doc? We also yeah, have more questions, yeah. but tell us about that. Yeah. Okay, so the documentary, I've been working on it for maybe almost, almost like nine months now. Um. Mm. And it's a documentary about intergenerational trauma healing. And it's basically, uh, uh, it's a, yes. preach to us. So preach it's a story, <laughs> it's a story about, it's not a movie. It's actually like my family story, but I'm incorporating so many other places, a part of it. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm basically just telling us the story of us as first generation Americans trying to handle this world that we weren't necessarily prepared for. Cause most of us mm -hmm. are starting from scratch. If yeah. your parents are like immigrants, you're starting from scratch here, at least in the U.S. Right. Um, so I discuss the things that we go through. I also fall into what our parents went through. And then we we, we come into an understanding because I want this to be something that you can watch with your parents and you guys can understand each other a lot better. It's going to be very healing. Like, right. honestly, it's, good. it's the most impactful thing I've ever worked on. It's the most important thing I've ever worked on. Um, and it's honestly something I could wholeheartedly say will change a lot of lives. Right. Where can, where can no, we, where can I mean, we check this out and when? So I'm still, I'm still working on it, mm -hmm. but what I will say is that I'm trying to find some film festivals and like film academies to kind oh, of like Le adopt into it. So, so we'll see. Con Dios por delante. It's gonna, it's gonna work mm -hmm. out. I'm gonna text you something. 
appreciate you. <laughs> I'm, All right. <laughs> I got you with something. We have that another question. so dope and interesting, by the way. Um, that's something. I love documentaries, and especially if it's something you're going to come away with. So I really like that. Thank you for I like when people have put a name their, for it? their personal self into it. Yeah. Do you have a title? No, I don't have a title yet. I don't have a title I yet. Keep it on the low. Keep it on the yeah, low. Be surprised. <laughs> okay. okay. We have another question. Mm-hmm. Who, what or who was your biggest inspiration growing up? What made you want to start doing videos and poems on social media? Um, my biggest inspiration growing up. Damn. You know, I would, it's probably cliche, but I would have to say my mom. My mom was my biggest inspiration growing up because she... Mm-hmm she was just like this angel. She was like this this creature, you know? She wasn't perfect, let's be very clear. But my mom, it was like God made her specifically for me, you know, and he made me specifically for her. Mm. Um, I will also say my grandmother. My grandmother was one of my biggest inspirations. Like my grandmother being who she is and who she was, she put so much like faith into me because she saw that I was a little rebel from, before I even knew, you know, and young mm-hmm. stuff, yeah, I, I write about that in my book where it's like she used to watch me argue with like grown ass men. I would be a little girl going back to back <laughs> with like my uncles, my older cousins, just being combative, you know. And, and she would, she was just like a, a listener. Ella no habla mucho, so she would just mm-hmm. be in the corner, you know, like watching. And I always thought that's so weird. Like I don't know if she's angry at me. I don't know if she's proud of me i don't know if she's judging mm-hmm. me but mm-hmm. then eventually i saw that grandma was like she saw it in me she knew that i was meant to be like one of those curse breakers you know as to yes say, she knew that i was gonna be somebody that was gonna put a stop to a lot of the shit that she probably had to deal with growing up that she would probably right. never have to talk about mm-hmm. so i remember as i got older i'm seeing like wait grandma she's on my side silently she's on my side protecting me and making sure that i don't lose that fire that's inside of me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so i would say grandma that's so is- important to just have that like like it's motherly you know she's your grandmother that protection and you know so many i feel like so many elderly people and families wh- whoever it is might be so quick to put a child in their place but to see your grandmother watching from the side like mm-hmm that's right like she low-key rooting for you yeah that's so like you've had someone in your corner from jump and that is so so powerful and so beautiful my grandmother was just uh, an apoyadora like i would do whatever the hell i wanted and i could do no wrong in her eyes well you of course you a boy I'm still. <laughs> you probably cut the crust off your bread too and peeled is, your mangoes is, and- is there a such thing as male privilege like you know, okay. like okay. Don't get us started. I'm you got two women right here. Don't get us started. Hey, I'm just asking the questions that needed to be asked. You know, there's so much um, male privilege, <laughs> and men are afraid to bring some of these subjects up. That's why, um, I love what Mozo does. Um, I love what Pavel does. Like, um, I love what there's a group. Damn, I forgot the name of the group. Crazy is a part of it. Pavel is a part of it. Um, not Pavel. Mozo is a part of it, and it's all about men and toxic masculinity Mm. defining what that is and breaking that Mm -hmm. um and then i recently interviewed um what they never told us which is a podcast on healing Mm. and they put me on to feminine what toxic feminine 
Toxic masculinity. No. Toxic femininity. Yes. I didn't even know that was a thing. I don't know what this is. I never heard of this. <laughs> I, so I was. I thought it was just messing with me. And apparently, it is an actual subject. It is an actual thing. Um, that's why some of those podcasts mm. are pretty dope. Interesting. Interesting. I have a question for Lisbon. Well, yes. I, I lost my train of thought. Sorry. <laughs> we digressed. Yes. But I have a question for you. So you have a book out. You have a documentary. You do mm-hmm. so much. You write poems. What advice do you have for people who may have an idea and they want to do it? They want to finish it, but they can't seem to get started. Like, what was it that got you started and what helped you finish? Um, damn, I love that question. I really do. Because I feel like this is what I say. Asking it took, for a friend. It took me seven years to write my book, right? I always say mm-hmm. it took me seven years to write the book. But realistically, it took me maybe two mm-hmm. because for so much of that time, I was stalling. I was second guessing myself. I was questioning myself. Mm-hmm. I was being the demon in my own head. Mm-hmm. You're not you're not smart. You shouldn't do it. What's, what are you doing this for? Like, I was that person. I was also going through my own things. Like, I was in a numbing phase. That's what I like to call it when you're just like in constant pain, but you, instead of facing it, you just do... You just spend your time with a bunch of other. You get kids. busy. Yeah, yeah. I just kept myself busy with it, and mm-hmm. that that busy is different for a lot of people. For some people, it's work. For some people, it's food. For some people, it's drugs. For some people, it's alcohol. Like mm-hmm. for some people, what, it's cleaning. You're running from something. So I would <laughs> say that sometimes, sometimes people stop themselves because they don't have the the correct opportunities. Like I remember mm-hmm. me, I in my head, I was like, Yo, I'm gonna film a documentary. I'm gonna have a fucking HBO Max, and they're going to give me $50,000 just to show up. And I'm going to have four white dudes, and I'm going to convince them to give me their money so that I can do this. And I remember I was going to DR, and I knew I was going to be there for like a month or so. And I was just get, I was like getting my, my things prepared. And I was like, yo, who the fuck am I waiting for? Who am I waiting for to come save me? The information mm-hmm. is here. The knowledge is here. I am here. Mm-hmm. I'm, let me fucking do it. I'm going to do this with what I have. I don't have a fancy camera. I don't have cool audio equipment. I just know that I have a message that I have to release. And I'm not going to wait for somebody to just come and be like, yeah, let's go fucking do it. No, I'm going to do it because this is what's on my heart. God is telling me, yo, estamos pa' tiempo. Mm-hmm. Like, ponte, 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 ponte la pila. Uh-huh. Yeah, like, ponte la pila. That we're here. Who, who the... Like, really, I had to ask myself, who are you waiting for? Who, yeah. who, who, who's Superman that's going to come and just randomly give you $3 million, a beautiful house, and say, here, you can have, make all the ideas you want? No, so I was it that thought that, that like... I'm going to try to just do with what I have. Right. And so that got you fired up, and it kept you going throughout. Yeah, but honestly, I would say even before that is to do some soul searching. That's the best way that I can put it because a lot of times we think that we're just procrastinating and we just Mm -hmm. don't want to do things or you might just be lazy when realistically there's a blockage there. May it be mental, physical, it could be some kind of trauma that you're not facing. Something is stopping you from doing that. Like for me, I stalled on the documentary for a long time. And in my head, I remember I was talking to my brother and he was like, what's going on? Like, why why is it taking longer than expected? And I was like, honestly, like, it's hard. It's so hard to sit down with myself 
write and rethink and like relive the traumas that my parents went through, right. the ones that I went through, and now me trying to like connect the bridge. It's so hard. It's overwhelming and it hurts. But right. for me, I was just telling him, oh, um, it's because I need this. I need this. I'm just right. waiting for this. I was putting a bunch of blockage when realistically the root of the problem was I was terrified of facing my feelings. That was absolutely. That was so let right. me let me tell you something. Uh, I watched. I watched recently everything you explain right now. I watched recently. Um, Up in smoke had Dame Dash on, or all that smoke, whatever the name of the podcast is. And Dame asked him, "What's your dream?" Right? It's a famous clip that's online. And the guy's like, "To be successful." And he's like, "Yo, that's an emotion. That's not a dream." And he's like, "To be an actor." And he's like, "What? What are you waiting on?" You got six cameras here. You got a little studio here. He's like, yeah, there's more more to it than just that. And Dame was like, oh, you want me to show what this is? You want me to show you? Dame gets up, gets behind the camera. He goes, act like you interested in a girl and you talking to her. And then he talks to that same girl. And now you guys got a situation. And then, boom, he went into acting mode and he started acting. And, and, and it came out pretty good. Steven Jackson did mm -hmm. a good job acting. And then Dame sat back down and he was like, okay, what's next? What's your next dream? So he basically was telling him like, yo, what's stopping you from doing that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's this other dude that I found um, that he's like a motivational speaker. He broke that clip down and he talks about the mindset of certain people. And I feel like you're at that mindset at this point where who, who am I waiting on? Like I have, I have these things. Oh, I want to do a documentary. Someone who's also in the process of finishing a documentary and hasn't finished has been doing it for three years. <clears throat> um, there are those excuses that you, you mm -hmm. give yourself, like, you know, oh, I'm, I'm having kids. Or I'm doing this. You know, I'm working a full-time job. I'm in school full-time. I do this podcast, and I'm trying to do everything else and repair a house at the same time. So, um, right. You stop yourself sometimes from doing things. And I think you need to step out of that. And soul searching is where you get there first. And I speak yep. to myself every morning and I evaluate where I'm at and where I want to be. And I think that that's the disconnect that people have. They just, yeah. they just want to get to the goal and they don't understand the road to the goal is what makes it worth it. Right. Yeah. So. And also I think people, you know, in, in getting in their own way, I think, one of the ways you mostly get in your way is not being honest with yourself and being vulnerable with yourself because we all have a little voice in our head that is, is, is a bitch, a bitch ass bully, you know, and it can be really hard to confront that voice and, you know, in getting out of your own way, you have to be honest with yourself. So if you're not passionate, you, you just got to stop that bully like out this. though. Honestly. You, yeah. Yeah. Stop. It's easier Get said than done. 30 on that bitch, okay? And, you know, you have to extinguish that so that you can go be great and give mm. yourself permission. Like Lizwell said, well, who are you waiting for? You you really waiting for yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Aita. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. Lizbell, let's 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 uh play a little game. Um, first date. We're putting you on a first date, a blind date. Right. Okay. I did this. I did this yesterday with Chad. Oh God! It did not go well. Should Should we bring Garrett? Okay, Garrett. 
So Bring Garrett. Date, Let's see what she says. Blind date. Garrett comes in. Garrett's this white guy. He's wearing open toe sandals. Birkenstocks. He's wearing Birkenstocks. Birkenstocks, cargo shorts, and a t-shirt. What are your immediate thoughts? Who is this white man and what is he doing here? <laughs> he's dating you. Y'all about to have some dinner. Oh, he's dating he pulled me. Up, shit, he it. pulled up in a Ford, in a Ford pickup truck. He pulled up in the truck and it's a blind date. Let's say your sister set this up. She's like, oh, this guy, you know, you need to try something different as well. Um, she would, I don't, my sister don't hate me. I don't think she would do that to me. She really would love me. She treats so me good. So initial reaction, what are you saying? What are you saying? He walks up to you. He sits at the table. Mm-hmm. He's like, Lizbell. I'm going to be like, what's up? How are you doing? So you, you're, going, <laughs> you're going to go through the date. I'm a, I'll go through the day. I'll be like, sit down. Let's see. Let's, okay. let's, see, what, let's see what you're talking about. Now, that's the man's appearance. But let's say he's passionate about um, women's rights. Um, he's he passionate about a lot of the things that you're in common with. And he makes you laugh a lot. Mm-hmm. And that... wait, before, before he, before, what are you ordering to drink on your date? Oh, yeah. So he sits down, waiter comes, and he's like, what can I get you guys to drink? What's your your beverage of choice? Um, uh, <laughs> um, I'll get a salsa water. I don't drink liquor. Oh, okay. oh, okay. It's a fancy restaurant. Okay. She getting a salsa water. All right, he gets, he, he gets a Bud Light, and he gets a Bud Light. Um, he gets a Bud Light. How do you how, how are you feeling about this awkward situation? A Bud Light. Yeah, it's a Bud Light. All right, man. I'm I'm gonna be confused. I'm gonna <laughs> be confused. Honestly, I'm gonna be a little bit confused. I'm not gonna judge, but I'm gonna be like, all right, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> I'm not gonna judge, but what the fuck is that? Like, I'm not, I'm not gonna chastise them. I'm not mm. gonna be like, yo, why the fuck you drinking a Bud Light and we in a five star restaurant? <laughs> I'm gonna just be like, all right, man, some all people right. like stuff. Yeah, he, he true to himself. Okay. Okay. Oh She's man, better than me. I tried to put Jasmine in some awkward first day situations. So uh, you, you and Garrett, you're having a great time. Dinner's going pretty good. He's making you laugh, which is important. Very. All of a sudden, it gets a little weird, and he releases some gas at the restaurant. <laughs> How are you going to... What's your reaction? <laughs> Honestly, I don't fucking know. I, I, would, I wouldn't shut up. I'll be like, "Yo, you alright? You good?" Like, I would have to. I wouldn't. I wouldn't just let him do that. I um, do that. You have to mention that one. You have to mention that one. Yeah, I'm gonna be like, "Yo, what's what's really going on with you? You okay?" Mm. <laughs> okay, so then then um the waiter comes and drops the book there, and he does not immediately reach for the check. Mm-hmm. And he was the one that hit up your sister, like, yo, I would like to take her on a date. Check comes, drops it in between you two, and he doesn't make the move to pay for the for the dinner. I'm honestly I'm gonna assume that he was homeless and that's not really my date. <laughs> I think that my date is somewhere else wait, waiting for me. And he just happened he took to be advantage like, of you. I he was like, I know she's gonna buy me something. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Oh, this is fun! Oh my god, <clears throat> first dates—it could be, it could be weird. 
I have a friend who's back in the dating scene, and she's had some really bad first dates recently. And some of the shit I just can't believe, you know, with the apps and all that stuff. You know, people are very socially awkward. Yeah. I feel like, you know, with the internet... I saw this TikTok recently of this woman that went to a singles event, you know, this fun, flirty, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was all women. No men, no men were there. And I just feel like men would rather shoot a shot in a DM and get left on red than to go to an event and actually talk to women face to face and get potentially rejected. We, um, we, we have an issue with rejection. Men. Yeah, but that's part of life. And I feel like men are so good at it. They also, they they, it they was, talk it wasn't it, it, all if it was over. a dating event, people are there right? to date. Like it's the, the one the, place the, where the you can hit on a woman. Be, it wouldn't be that much rejection because everybody Yeah, but then there's is a, a public rejection, which is even worse. Let me tell you something. I proposed to my wife, but one of the thoughts that as a man that you get is you know, I she was gonna say yes, but you do have sometimes some small Everybody has to admit it. Some small doubt that she's going to say no. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I looked up proposals that had gone bad. And I was mm. like, oh, damn. Should I even go through with this? But I wanted to see. I wanted to propose to her to see the look on her face, to get the yes and the whole ordeal. But we are afraid of public rejection. I don't. I, I'm, so. I don't know more than women, but I, I honestly feel like men will not put themselves in a situation where it's from the internet, and that that's that's an internet problem. But they're not that afraid is it? of uh, this public is, rejection this is... when they're in the club or when they're like, "Yo, ma, shorty with the white shirt." Yeah, but that's a I, different honestly, circumstance, that's a world, though. That's a misogynistic worldwide problem. Because think about how many women are killed for rejecting a dude. Absolutely. Just the other day, there was a seventeen-year-old girl who who was killed. Um, at uh, I think it was a Rite Aid by her manager because she kept turning him down. He was trying to sleep with her, and she didn't want to. And what and did he do? Was... Killed her. A girl rejected, or she wasn't a girl, she was a woman, rejected a man's advances. And a year and a half later, he stalked her down and killed her. A year and a half later. Like, that's, that's, that's the reality. That's that's the reality. I don't, I don't necessarily think that it's like a small problem. That, well, what that's is something the, that happens all over the world. I want to understand. I, I'm a man myself. I want to understand the psyche of, because I'm at a point now, I'm, I'm comfortable in my own skin. You know, I, I'm, I've i said some embarrassing shit on air. I mentioned the pooping and the J-Lo concert thing. It's just, <laughs> I'm okay with, you know, what, like, I'm okay with putting stuff out there, you know? You're comfortable with yourself. Yeah. I think a lot of men, Why? they see women and it's like, you're here. I can see you with my eyeballs. Therefore... I am entitled to your time, to your attention. And then when they're like, no, it's like, it's the entitlement. It's the entitlement of everything. And mm. the idea that women, again, like like we were talking about earlier, it's just misogyny and the patriarchy. Mm. Very interesting. So, Elizabeth, I want to bring you back, do a part two. Mm-hmm. We'll plan it out. Um, three, two, one. What are three things you've been watching recently that you would love to share with the world? doesn't have to be... You know, like something that you're working on. It could be something that, you, like, out of left field. Like, 
I'm watching Property Brothers and I'm feeling it because I get X, Y, and Z <laughs> out of it, you know? Um, all right, so three things that I've been watching. I will say The Boys. The Boys is my favorite show. Oh, right now. that shit is mm-hmm. wild on Amazon. Just love the point of view of superheroes being I love The Boys. That yeah. that's one of my favorite shows. I honestly I don't watch too much TV for some reason. Mm-hmm. But the boys. Um, the last movie I watched was Don't Look Up. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, good one. <laughs> that movie was amazing. Um, I, can I list the book I'm reading? Yeah. Because I don't. Well, I'm gonna yeah. ask you. Okay. Um, that next. I'll say the Parkers because that's that's still my favorite show. So I'll, okay. I'll do reruns of, of the Parkers. And what are two things you're listening to, or a book that you're reading? Besides un, un Verano Sin Ti, which is <laughs> front to back, one of the best albums I've ever heard in my life. All right. So I'll say Beyonce, Find Your Way Back. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite songs right now. It's like, I would say it's a theme song to my documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second song I would say, Oscar Sarante. Perdón. Mm. Yeah, mm. that is my shit. Do not put that shit on around me if you want me to hack a fool. Mm. That's it. I'm gonna go look that up. I don't know what that is. <laughs> no, it's one just, of my favorites. Just put that man's name on your uh, iTunes or whatever, Spotify. Everything's a hit. He got everything. Fucking okay. Um, one one message that you want to leave the world after you're long gone. One message I would like to leave the world. Um. There is never and never ending information in this world. And we are constantly learning just because you are an adult and you pay bills doesn't mean that you can just stay at the level that you are right now. There's always more information. There's always more things to learn. A lot of people like to say, oh, these things are not that deep, but they truly are if you take the time to learn about them and to unlearn your own behavior. So I would say that Mm -hmm. education and learning is not something that you finish when you get out of school like that mm-hmm. is something that we do as adults you know progressing yeah wow well said well Thank said you. ladies and gentlemen lizbel ortiz her book is called let's talk about it it's available it's available on her website her instagram is at lizbel ortiz um i'm pretty sure you're following her already uh, last question. What's your other sister like? Dandy touched on it a little bit, you know. Yeah. He spoke about you a lot. Uh, what's she like? And she's not, she doesn't like to be in the spotlight. She doesn't like, she's very private. So my older sister, she's the oldest one out of all of us, all yeah. of us, first of all. Um, and she is very protective. That's the okay. safe word to say. She's very protective over us, and she she doesn't like to be in the spotlight, but I will say she's just like us. Aww. She is a fucking cool. beam of light. She's hilarious. Like, she's fucking hilarious. Mm. When she laughs, I don't know. That is what ascends me to heaven. She mm. has the laugh <laughs> that you hear from miles away. Like, when she comes into a room, there's no way you're not going to know. There's no, no. Walk, like there's no way she can walk into a place and you're not gonna be like Iris Bell's here because mm-hmm. she like walks into a room laughing. That's how she is. But 
she is very protective over us. Um, she's very behind the scenes, but she's always with us, you know, and she's very present in what we do. She has so much to do with what I do and the kind of person that I am, because that was that was my first best friend. You know, that was my first roommate. That was the she was the one who taught me so much because she went through so much. And that's how I kind of learned how to go through things, whereas like, I would right. watch. I would watch my sisters and my cousins and my, my older family members go through things and I would take a mental note. So there was a lot of things that she went through that she would be like, listen, Liz, well, this is what you do. This is what you don't do. You know, and I, I nothing of ours would exist if she will, if she was not there, like people mm -hmm. don't see her. So you assume, oh, she's just not in the picture. There's no mm -hmm. way that anything that we do would be possible if she wasn't around. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for that. And and we do hear her and see her sometimes in the videos. She's in the room. You just won't see her in the front. Yeah. Thank you, Lizbell. I truly appreciate the time thank and message you. and everything that you do. I called you one of the greatest voices of our generation. Continue wow. to write, continue to push uh, our culture forward, and continue to help people learn and grow as individuals. Because I think that that's what I get from your videos the most. I watch the video and I dissect what's the message that's coming out of it. What are you trying to um, teach us today? So thank you for that. And we definitely will have you back. I'll work that date out with you and appreciate everything you do. Thank you. Thank you both for thank having you. me. You the beautiful words and the wonderful interview. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you back next week. Follow her at Lizbell Ortiz. Uh, Slay Jazz. Slay with Jazz is my co-host. Yo, yo. Uh, I'm going to play this intro and then I'll close out the stream. The outro, I'm sorry. Which I don't even find anymore. This is so weird. You feel that now? I feel like Rocky in this one, baby. Let's go. Alright, check it. Uh. Blast from the past, back from the future. So if I pull the trigger in the past, no, you and your future. I'm still hustling, still hugging the block. The referee to the shit, I'm still calling them shots. I can't be stopped. That's what I told you, I'm living my life like a box of Crayolas I'm cutting up white, smoking that green Purple color pens, I'm still making this cream I'm so sick, uh, check my throat quick My wrist light up a room like a handful of glow sticks I'm like spoiled milk, the kid's gone bad Then it's the menace, my pen touches the pad uh, Niggas is mad, but the ladies is glad Yo, they rubbing up against me like this nigga is rad Fucking two divas, drinking on sangria I got the beam of the color, diarrhea uh, Tire strength in my feet cause I'm so fly Hopped out the Delores and it's already McFly. COVID-19 moves fast, and now you can too. If you feel symptoms, even if they're mild, you should test fast. Test positive and at high risk for severe COVID-19? Then act fast with authorized oral treatments that can be taken at home and must be taken within five days from when symptoms begin. 
COVID-19 moves fast, and now you can too by asking your healthcare provider if an oral treatment is right for you. Learn about a treatment option at TreatCV19.com. This message is sponsored by Pfizer.